0: Opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Good morning, and welcome to Beyond the Business on News Radio 943 WSC. Each Saturday morning at 9 o'clock, successful business leaders and entrepreneurs from across the Lowcountry talk about what it takes to succeed in business and in life. Now your hosts of Beyond the Business, Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood. Hey, great
1: Saturday morning, Lowcountry. Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Business, heard here on 94.3 WSC every Saturday morning from 9 to 9.30. We appreciate you, our loyal listener, tuning the dial to listen to great stories of entrepreneurship and leadership from here in the Lowcountry. I'm one of your hosts here this morning, Eric Cox, with Mr. Byron Stahl. Yeah, good morning, Eric. How are good. you doing this morning? Doing great. Happy Saturday morning
0: to you. How's uh, life in Saturday. your world? Everything is great. Could not be happier. And uh, Unfortunately, Leslie's not here with us today, but we are subbing uh, That's Leslie. That's not true. We have another Leslie <laughs> with uh, another right. Leslie. <laughs> uh, Leslie Jackson, our guest. But before we uh, uh, dive into um, our guest today, who do we have here last week, Eric? Well, we had uh,
1: Andy Myhouse and Mark Regal-Buto, Sorry, uh, owners of um, Renew Urban here in Charleston, who, again, just did a great job of kind of giving us some backdrop on their story. Kind of cool to have two partners in the studio at the same time and in their different perspectives on how the business has come about. What was a, a good Absolutely. takeaway? Absolutely.
0: It was great just to see, you know, the difference in personality and how they manage the business and the strengths and weaknesses and how they're able to complement each other. But, you know, one of the big takeaways that I took was one of the things that Andy said, did something that one of his you know, close uh, confidants said to him, and it was the 24-hour rule. And essentially what that is, is if something bad happens to you, before you respond to it, before you get worked up about it, wait 24 hours so you have a clear and conscious mind when handling it. Yeah, that was good. And they actually gave a lot of tidbits about partnerships. So if you're out there
1: listening this morning and you're in a, a partnership with a business, uh, I think that'd be a great show to go listen to. They talked about the early times How it's like a marriage, pretty much, and uh, the fact that grit was one of the key components throughout that uh, has enabled them to have success. So, again, Andy and Mark, owners of Renew Urban, great job. Thank you for sharing your story with our listeners. If by chance you happen to miss either one of those uh, shows, simply go to our website at coastalwm.com. You can click right there on the front page, the radio icon, and you will hear um, not only their podcast, but all of our shows going back Gosh, since day one, which is almost five years running now. so It's a long time. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of shows on there. There's a lot of entrepreneurs and, in Charleston. Yeah, I think it's raining a lot today, so if you're bored and don't have a lot to do, simply uh, go on there and binge listen to Beyond the Business. I couldn't think of a better thing to do on a Saturday. And by the end of the day, you could have an MBA. Just go for it. You'd be close to it. That's <laughs> yeah. right. So um, Anyway, we, as you mentioned, we are definitely turning to a new guest this morning. Uh, Ms. Leslie Jackson here in the studio. And Leslie, uh, thank you, first of all, for joining us.
2: Oh, my goodness. My pleasure. Thank you.
1: We're excited to have you. And uh, your company's assisted living locators of
2: Charleston. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. I'm actually part of a franchise.
1: Wonderful. So uh, we've had a lot of franchise owners. So we're going to talk a lot about franchise model and the advantages and disadvantages and all that great stuff about your business and what you're doing. But of course, before we do that, we need to hear a lot more about your background. So If you don't mind, just start off with uh, back sort of when things began in terms of upbringing. Where were you born, raised, and what was life like as a kid?
2: Oh, goodness. So I'm originally from southwestern Virginia, a small town in the mountains, Bluefield, Virginia. Um, Most people refer to it as the town right by the tunnel through the mountains, uh, going across the state line know exactly where that is. are yeah. you oh my goodness yeah. it's if you travel interstate 77 Yep,
1: I'm bluefield and beckley <laughs> know that area well
2: oh my goodness a yeah. oh, small world small world but uh i am from there grew up there um yeah just parents born and raised there and actually from day one it was funny i just had this urge i i wanted a little bit more than small town virginia i wanted to to get out and see the world so that is what i started doing right after high school so
0: so tell us what did your uh parents do for a living
2: I, actually my dad is an electrical engineer and my mother is a nurse we couldn't be more middle america
1: <laughs> and uh siblings growing up yes
2: yeah, so i've got two brothers i have an older brother and a younger brother um it, I laugh sometimes. I was raised cutting grass and weed eating and, and doing all of the boy stuff. So I uh, had a pretty unique uh, childhood from that perspective. There really weren't any things that were girls should do or boys should do. We were both uh, chores and such. All doing the same thing together. Exactly, exactly. So that actually was one of the things I think that helped shape me. Knowing that if you just put your mind to it, you can do it. Just go after it. Go after it. So
0: yeah, that's a. I mean, that's a great lesson to learn while you're young. So, kind of walk us through growing up. What was it like? You know, growing up with your siblings. You've kind of given us a little insight into it. And then you know, walk us through what kind of student were you, and uh, you know, what was schooling like?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, so we. Are very competitive by nature my family my brothers Uh, my dad actually had a sports background he was a college football player for Virginia Tech for a couple years I believe but yeah he's a Hokie he's a Hokie Uh, or was a Hokie rather but um, yeah so sports were central in our lives in uh, growing up and all of our cousins lives too we grew up very close with our cousins all around us and I got very involved in sports, and actually, uh, basketball was my was my passion. And actually, was good enough to play collegiately. I played. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah, I had a, a scholarship to play up in North Carolina. Well, down from there, up from here in North Carolina. So, uh, sports very central. It teaches you a lot of life lessons that I highly recommend to everyone, whether you're doing it just for fun or to get you somewhere in life it had just so many wonderful lessons but yeah we were competitive growing up one trying to outdo the other and my I think there's about five-year time span between my older brother and my younger brother so we were all together I'm in the middle of them and we were the Roberts kids <laughs> we were the Robert it's the Roberts kids on the teams um sports teams go uh with whatever we did uh grades we were expected to do well in school we could not not do well in school if we wanted to do the sports or have any um outside life we had to do well in sports and so that was really ingrained from the beginning is you work hard you do well good grades manage your time, get involved in sports. It was a a disciplinary-ish type of uh, growing up. But I got to tell you, man, it served me well later in life for sure. So
1: being Leslie, this is a a show about entrepreneurship and leadership. When you were young and you were thinking about one day later in life, you grow up, what did you want to be?
2: You know, I didn't know, quite honestly. Um, I didn't know, but it's the funniest thing. Thinking back to my childhood, um, I had no idea what I wanted to be when I grew up, but I knew I really liked telling other people what to do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and your brothers would attest to that. And right? they would
2: attest to that. Yes, they would. Uh, so this today, where I'm sitting today, what I'm doing today has been a process for sure of getting to understand myself, what I like, what I don't like. But the the beginnings of it began on a on a uh, youth soccer field when I was telling all of the other little boys on the field to what to do and where they should be and how they should be and the parents laughing about it on the sidelines going just listen to Leslie, she'll tell you.
1: <laughs> so give us some insight on, on schooling, kind of where did you end up and what did you do in schooling?
2: So I actually uh, went to Meredith College up in Raleigh, North Carolina. I am a girls college, okay. women's university uh, product and that was not the The mainstream decision, as you can probably imagine, uh, from all of my friends going to Virginia Tech or UVA or to co-ed schools, state mm-hmm. schools, and here I chose a woman's college. And again, I have to tell you, that is one of the best decisions I've ever made. Um, I think there's a statistic I read somewhere that maybe 80 percent of the country's senators have come from that are so 20% of the country's senators and Congress people are women. And then 80% of those women are product of women's schools. Hmm. Oh, yeah. wow. That's an incredible. Yeah. yeah. Is it correct today? But you know, right, years ago it when it I gives heard the it
0: overall, you're right.
2: Oh, it does. And it made you stand up in class. It made you expect that your voice was going to be heard and that it should be heard. And, you know, I, I did transfer away for a, a year couple of years into a co-ed school and decided actually to go back and finish my education from Meredith and one of the first things I realized at a state co-ed school was how different the interaction was in the classroom uh, with the professors even between males and females and please know I'm not a Gloria Steinem I'm not here to say I'm woman I'm gonna roar for you anything like that but it has been a general process through lifetime, understanding sometimes women just aren't hurt enough. Sometimes we are taught to sit down when we should stand up. And um, yeah, these are lessons I'm, I'm still learning today.
0: So I have to ask, when you were in high school looking at different colleges to choose, what, what was the thought process when you were you know, deciding between co-ed or an all-girls school? And what was the ultimate driver that made you decide to choose all-girls school?
2: The coach, I got to tell you, basketball, so it basketball, it came back to athletics, it, it, it wow. Wow. Back to athletics uh, basketball, and still to this day, I'm, I'm a huge basketball fan. I love March Madness. That's like my own personal Christmas time. <laughs> I just well, oh. with you on that, and my husband is like, just knows that in the month of March, I'm not really going to watch anything else. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it came it came back to athletics it came back to basketball and why I chose Meredith was actually because of the coach Um, ultimately because of the coach uh, Carl Hatchell he's uh, married to Sylvia Hatchell which is the head coach at Carolina and um, Carolina for their basketball team and so he just an amazing gentleman just amazing man an amazing coach so he was what truly drew me to the school and once i got there i really started to understand how special it was
1: and by the way in case you just joined us you're wondering whose voice that is you're listening to and that story it's that of miss leslie jackson and leslie is the proprietor of assisted living locators here in charleston and we didn't do this at the top of the show leslie so if you don't mind we're going to step away from your story for a minute give us a quick 20 second commercial on your business so people know exactly what it is that you do
2: yeah certainly so I am part of a national franchise. I franchise the Low Country uh, Assisted Living Locators. We help seniors and their families navigate the senior care and senior living world. Uh, we get to know their needs, their wants, their budgets, and then help them figure out what their best fit options truly are. We do a ton of advocacy for our clients. We do a ton of education because, quite honestly, who sits around and says, oh, let's investigate assisted living today and really become knowledgeable about the options and what things mean. Um, So, yeah, my job is to help the client, help seniors and their families navigate a process that pretty much many people are in the middle of with deer in the headlights look. They just they don't know what they don't know. So well, I'm there to our, help
1: them. Our aging population, the boomer generation, what a great timing for a business and what a need. I think that certainly that is in our in our industry and, or in our uh, community. So we'll talk a lot more about that certainly as we get into, into this show and next week. Uh, but go back to your schooling. So you're there at Meredith. You're obviously playing a lot of basketball. But what are you doing in terms of thinking about the future? What are you studying? What are you at this point wanting to do when you grow up?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Have I grown up yet? I mean, I'm not I'm not even going (laughs) to claim that I've grown up yet. Um, So nursing, I went I went into college with the idea that I was going to be a nurse. My mom's a nurse. I thought, heck, if mom can do it, I can do it. And it's an amazing field. And eventually that's why I ended up transferring out of Meredith. Believe it or not, a woman's college did not have a nursing program on campus i would had to do a four-year degree and then transfer out so i did transfer to a nursing program back in virginia at the co-ed school and it just wasn't for me it's Mm. it just wasn't for me i i loved
0: better to learn it while you're in school
2: well it was and quite honestly the day that we were doing clinicals and the day I kept hearing this voice on this other side of the curtain, I was caring for a patient on one side, and I kept hearing this voice that I'd recognized. Um, and I just what I, I know that voice who is that? Who is that? At the end of the day, I got to the curtain came up, and there sat one of my first basketball coaches. And he and my maiden name is Roberts, and he ah. Roberts, what are you doing Robbins <laughs> and it was just so wonderful to see him but unfortunately he had gotten very sick mm-hmm. and uh, my mom uh, was worked in the same hospital and she let me know that uh, he had only been given a few months to live and mm-hmm. I gotta tell you that broke my heart and so that was the day that I kind of realized that I don't have the switch that nurses really need to do their job and do it well i do not have that emotional switch to go on and off so
0: so walk us through you graduate from college what is what is the next step what was your first you know that you got into
2: oh my gosh so i did the fun thing um i graduated at meredith with a degree in nutrition and my first job out of college i was a flight attendant
0: oh yeah yeah yeah,
2: i had the fun job um growing up in small town america we didn't travel very much Um, we uh, had a place on smith mountain lake up in virginia that we would uh, that was our vacation place in the summers and every now and then we would go to the beach but really extensively traveling we did not and this was my chance to see the world and i gotta tell you that is another one of the top five things that has helped shape me it helped that job helped me realize that not everybody says, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, please, may I, and thank you. <laughs> very <laughs> Far quickly, very, that, right? <laughs> very, very quickly, very quickly. It That job helped me to understand how to deal with people across the board, across the spectrum, uh, from the very nice ones to the very not nice ones, and everyone in between, and trying to understand people where they are and meet them where they are to communicate as best as possible.
1: So, any uh, stories that you remember from those days oh, that just goodness. really stick out as a oh, life my learning experience?
2: You know, this was, I was a, a bit seasoned. I was a flight attendant for almost two years. Um, I was actually flying during 9 11. Yeah, I was a flight attendant. I had wow. flown yeah, I had flown out of Reagan's National the night before it happened. Um and then I wake up at crash pad. I was based out of Charlotte at that point. I woke up with my crash pad mates going, "Oh my gosh, get in here, get in here." And it was horrific as we all remember. Mm-hmm. But um best story, hands down best story I have. Uh this we were working a flight from JFK to Tampa and You've got a lot of the northern attitude, you know, coming down to Florida. And this gentleman, he was very busy, and his computer uh, didn't have the time when I asked him what he would like to drink, didn't have the time to look up to me or even look me in the eyes. He just uh, sat looking down, typing, said, I want coffee decaf. I want milk. I don't want the the creamer in the bucket. And I know you have the blue sugar, so bring me that as well. Don't try to bring me the pink sugar. <laughs> and at that point, I just I just had to stop. And of course, it infuriated me, you know, being treated as such. But I looked at him, and I don't even know why he said on this trip last week to Tampa. Well, I stopped him right there, and I said, oh, sir, did you say you were going to Tampa? And we were going to Tampa. I said, did you say you were going to Tampa? And he said, yes, this is flight, da-da-da-da-da. I said, oh, no, sir, we're going to Buffalo tonight. <laughs> he said, Buffalo? What? I've gotten on the wrong plane. What? Da, da, da. He is losing <laughs> That's his hilarious. mind. And so I just go with it. The people around him are kind of looking at each other. And I told him, oh, sir, uh, we can help you out with that. I can call ahead to the gate agent and really uh, try to get you down to Tampa tonight or first <laughs> thing tomorrow morning. And he has, at this point, turned into not such a nice person to a very, oh, please help, help me, me man. Can. Help me any way you can. And just at the very end of it, of him saying, oh, just thanking me profusely for all of my help. <laughs> I had to sit there and tell him, sir, I just want you to know, I, I'm i kidding, we are headed to Tampa tonight, but I bet it really doesn't matter that we don't have the milk or the blue sugar. And he looked at me and he just, the people around him just erupted in laughter. And luckily he got up and he's like, you, you put me in my place. Uh, yeah. How cool is that? Uh, That's great. K- wow. Kudos That's incredible to you. Story. And he sat down and I didn't hear another word from him <laughs> the rest of the flight.
0: Oh, I have here in my notes that, um, <laughs> you learned how to handle people. And
2: I, <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, what, what, I mean, it sounds like you had great experiences working as a flight attendant Oh my goodness, and it sounds yeah. like you had a lot of great lessons that, you know, you still uphold to today. So. What, what what came after? What was the next profession? Or how long were you, you know, a flight attendant?
2: Yeah, so I was for two years. Uh, and then because of 9-11, I was uh, laid off, furloughed, um, as the airline industry did at that point. Uh, I really missed sports. I really missed athletics at that point. And so I actually went back and got my master's in sports management. And really thought that I would get back into sports on the collegiate level, and that was going to be my job. Uh, I took a small detour into the medical sales world. Um, Quite honestly, I saw my brother doing very well, living this really great lifestyle, and, and as a flight attendant. Starting out, you do not have a great lifestyle. <laughs> That's, you're traveling like nobody's business, but the money really isn't flowing in at that point. So I did my hand at uh, medical sales, and that was nice, and the money was good, but I just didn't, that wasn't where my heart was. And so I actually did get a job. I left medical sales, I got a job in the uh, collegiate world. I worked for Tulane University, the athletic department there in uh, development. Uh, in the athletic development department, raising monies, unrestricted monies for the athletic department. And that job was amazing. We had so much fun. I had so much fun, number one, living in New Orleans. But just the whole atmosphere of it all was was just amazing.
1: So along this journey, obviously you're having these different experiences, always dealing with people. Mm -hmm. Where does the seeds of entrepreneurship come from?
2: You know, it, it's been a long process. It's been a long planting and and um, and what is the seedling process? I think uh, it really didn't start until just about five years ago. Um, I had been in corporate America, so after I left Tulane, uh, I had met a prosthetist while I was in uh, in um, in. Uh, new orleans he was one of the donors to the program and i just thought what he did was so amazing and it actually lit the fire of the nursing side i really love anatomy physiology the biologies and i thought oh my gosh that's what i want to do i want to be a prosthetist and just to make sure prosthetics you get an arm or a leg amputated i've had some weird looks from people when i say that from time to time but um so I actually left Tulane, did did more grad school, became a certified uh, prosthetist and uh, started practicing. Went from there into the corporate side of the world and, and started working for an international. I did patient care for years and then went to the corporate side, the manufacturing side, and worked for an international partnership here, stateside, and. Started off as their clinical and technical services manager, and that grew into the role of U.S. manager. I was running the show here for, for the team, for the international teams um, here, and I, doing a great job. And honestly, I meet Mister Wonderful late in life, start having children, and in that position you cannot be a platinum mom delta and still be a mom so i made a decision to step away and when it was time to come back to the working world the professional world i wanted to bet on myself i had seen corporate life enough i had made a lot of money for a lot of people specifically with tulane or uh, just with development in in general asking people to write Five, six figure checks and you're thinking about wow that check right here is three times my salary what oh my goodness what am I not getting and so the things just built up over the years and then finally uh, about five years ago when I started uh, having children I started thinking about when is it going to be my turn when is when am I going to bet on myself so that's
1: well, and I gotta imagine that story resonates, right, with a lot of people listening this morning who have either done that in their life, or maybe they're contemplating that right now, right? They're sitting there and they're going through the same corporate grind or situation, or maybe they're a stay-at-home mom at this point, and they're thinking, you know, when am I going to bet on myself and jump in that game and start my own deal? And you know, the moment, that moment of truth, to me, is what this this show is all about. It's about. Uh, going through that emotional aspect, and so believe it or not, we're actually out of time. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I know it's my past. So my whole life, in time flies months, right? by when you're having uh, fun. Yeah. We'll, we'll come back next week, and I'd like to pick up there because I think that's that moment of truth, right? That yeah. moment of I'm jumping off the cliff into the shallow waters to begin my own deal, and there's some scary moments to that. And so we want to hear about how you navigated that and how you handled that emotionally. Absolutely. But what a great story! Thank you for sharing. Again, we uh, miss Leslie Jackson who is the owner of Assisted Living Locators, a franchise here in Charleston. Looking forward to having you back next week. Um, and certainly uh, our listeners, we thank you again for joining us every Saturday morning from 9 to 9.30 here on 94.3 WSC. And until next Saturday morning, Low Country. Have a blessed week. Thank you for listening to Beyond the
0: Business on News Radio 943 WSC. Tune in next Saturday morning at 9 o'clock for Beyond the Business, hosted by Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood, and heard exclusively on News Radio 943 WSC.